Welcome to the Weave Podcast. My name is Sarah Resnick, and I'm the host of this podcast and the owner of the online weaving yarn shop, Gist Yarn and Fiber. Hi, everyone. This week, I'm really excited to be talking to Kate Sherratt, Sales and Marketing Manager at Ashford. Ashford probably needs no introduction for many of you. They are the much beloved New Zealand manufacturer of weaving and spinning equipment. I love Ashford looms and am an Ashford dealer, so I spend lots of time helping many of you pick out the perfect loom or shuttle. And I'm really excited today to get to share a peek behind the scenes of this wonderful company. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast, Kate. Welcome. Hi, so excited to be here. Um, I can introduce myself. I'm Kate from Ashford's and uh, Kate Sherritt from Ashford's. And I have been lucky enough to be uh, working for Ashford's for the last 16 years. Um, And, I mean, I do have a a title, which is sales and marketing manager, but actually I just think I've got the best job in the world. So... (laughs) That's great. What what exactly do you do at Ashford and also what does Ashford do for those very few weavers who might not know? Um, so I look after, we have customers all around the world. So we supply dealers um, in 34 countries around the world with spinning and weaving equipment. We make it all here in Ashburton and it's my job to, to sell it and to market it. So I look after... Um, the education, the marketing, the sales team, all that kind of stuff. Wonderful. Can you tell us the origin story of how and why Ashford was founded? You've been in business for a really long time. Uh, Yes, well, we have been in business for a long time, 85 years actually this year. Amazing. Congratulations. It's it's pretty awesome really. Um, So Ashford's is a, well, it's a third generation company now because we have James um, taking over the business. Um, so it was started by Walter Ashford, who's Richard's father, James's grandfather. Um, back in 1934 was when the business began. Um, I didn't have the pleasure of meeting Walter, but he seemed to have been a pretty amazing guy. I can tell you his story, which I kind of like. <laughs> yes, please do. <laughs> um, so... Richard's grandparents, Walter's parents, were missionaries and they kind of travelled all around the world. And they did a little stint in New Zealand um, back in 1908 or somewhere around there. And Walter grew up hearing the stories about, you know, this wild country um, way off miles away from anywhere. And he, when he was 15, he decided he would take up the offer of free passage to New Zealand and so he got a job as a sheep or on a sheep farm and he loved doing that and then of course the depression hit and he was out of a job so at this stage he'd gone to New Zealand when he was 15 he left he left London with two pounds in his pocket and he lost one on the way (laughs) (laughs) so 15 year old turns up to New Zealand starts working on a sheep farm Um, The depression hit. He was out of a job. His parents were naturally a wee bit concerned about him, so they decided to come to New Zealand as well. And they were given a little Presbyterian church um, in Christchurch, which is about an hour north of us where we are in Ashburton now. So there were still no jobs, so Walter decided he had to do something, so he started uh, making wooden stalls. 
and his sister wove up the seagrass, you know, like the seat cover bit for it out of seagrass, and he went door-to-door selling them, which worked well, but obviously it was a very limited market, so that didn't stop him. He actually pioneered the idea of selling by mail order in kit set form and with the marketing slogan, Assemble and Save. And this was actually, yeah, 24 years before IKEA. <laughs> Just saying. Wow. <laughs> um, so that was where it started. So um, the first product that Ashford actually ever made were the wooden stools that uh, Walter made. But then when they started the factory in Rakaia, which is just about 20 minutes north of Ashburton where the factory is now, they started making furniture and wooden toys. So they kept on doing that and were quite busy and very successful at doing it. And the Assemble and Saved worked really, really well. And then in uh, the 1940s, I think it was, the Home Journal, which had been um, doing all his mail order stuff through, actually approached him and asked him to make a kit set spinning wheel so that people could spin yarn for um, all the troops. Obviously, this was, you know, when the war was on. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that's where the the spinning side of it started. And basically, sat down at the drawing board and within six weeks he had a working prototype and his dad helped him and he actually invented the Scotch tension flyer that we use now and patented patented that um, back in yeah back in the 1940s so that's where the spinning side of it started and and when did Ashford become a company that was primarily making looms and spinning wheels and not other kinds of furniture well during that time during the war they made about 3,600 spinning wheels that were sent, um, you know, all around the country and all around the place for people to use to make, um, you know, garments and socks and gloves and hats and stuff for the servicemen and prisoners of war. And that after that was uh, basically when the... The spinning started. Uh, there was one wee hiccup, of course. Uh, the invention of synthetic fabrics and fibres come along, so that kind of put a bit of a squash on things. Um, but really, spinning wheels have been made by Ashford, yeah, since about the 1940s, and weaving looms not too long after. So it probably would have been not too long after that that the company concentrated on doing the spinning and weaving. That's great. And you mentioned, I think you've worked for Ashford for quite a while. Are you a weaver and spinner? What interested in you in working for them? (laughs) Yes, I am. (laughs) Ask me what I do in my spare time. (laughs) What do you do in your spare time? (laughs) Yeah, I just do the same as I do in my work time. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, I... When did you learn how to spin and weave? Um, so when I applied for the job at Ashford's, actually I didn't have any idea what they did, (laughs) um, went home, 
and looked at the website and being a keen sewer and sewing since I was five years old, I think I made my first pair of pants without a pattern when I was five, um, I went home and looked at the internet and thought, oh my goodness, this looks interesting. So got the job and uh, started, and I think within two weeks I owned a rigid heddle loom, and within three weeks I owned a spinning wheel, and that was it. <laughs> now I own one of everything. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favourite? Ah, my favourite. That's a bit tricky. How am I supposed to answer that? That's like asking me to. That's like asking me to pick out my favourite child. <laughs> What's your favourite this week? Uh, okay. Uh, uh, wow. There is the Katie Loom, mm-hmm. which is uh, my baby that I demanded Richard design and make. Um, but no, I love them all. Honestly, I don't think I could pick one. I'm rigid head or mad. Uh, I love my Jack Loom, obviously. Me and Jack have a special relationship. (laughs) And, of course, (laughs) the Katie Loom. So, yeah, no, I do. I have several looms, and I love them all. So That's great. Well, I love Ashford Looms. I sell a lot of your rigid heddle looms and table looms in my shop, and my customers love them too. And I'm curious if you want to talk a little bit about what sets your looms and your weaving equipment apart. Um, well, I think probably our products, like, we do strive to make products that work really, really well and that are affordable and are reliable. (laughs) So, um, and we're constantly, you know, listening to feedback and listening to customers and we're constantly, you know, trying to move forward and keep improving the product so that the end user can have the best experience possible um, and be happy. I mean, you know, you want you want to have equipment that works well and, you know, does what it's supposed to do. And, you know, there's only one thing wrong with Ashford products. So just don't wear out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't wear out. Yeah, they are really hardy. Yeah. 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 And I think probably, I mean, you know, one of the other things is that, like, we're all really, really passionate. Like, I mean, all the staff in the factory and everyone who works here is just, you know, like, everyone really cares about what they do, which is important because it's it's a product that's, you know, going to someone, um, you know, it's going to bring a lot of enjoyment to people. And making the products brings a lot of enjoyment to, you know, all the people that work here. And we have a lot of staff who have actually worked here a really long time. <laughs> That's really special and a sign it that is. you guys are doing something right. Yeah, yeah. 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 How many people are working in your factory these days? Um, we have about 34 staff, including um, our guys. We also own a woolen mill. Well, we own part. Of, we process all of our own fibre, um, New Zealand fibre at our mill. So we have guys that work down in the mill, which is about three and a half hours south of the factory here in Ashburton. So we have about thirty-one or thirty-two people here in Ashburton in the factory. 
That's great. Can you tell me a little bit about that mill and what kind of wool you're you're spent you're using and, and what you make there? Um, so we process all of our own fibers. We don't spin yarn. We just we're processing the fiber for all of our spinners and felters. Um, obviously, if we sell spinning wheels, it's quite handy to sell the fiber as well. Um, one thing that's probably a little bit special about our fiber is that we control it right from start to finish. Um, we buy it from farmers. I buy the wool. Um, it comes from local farms and it's all processed here in New Zealand. Um, so we're supporting our, you know, local farmers and the, the farming community. And um, we don't want to be relying on sending stuff overseas to get processed. It all gets processed in our mill. Uh, we use the uh, all the dyes and the chemicals and everything we use are um, as environmentally friendly as possible. We pay a little bit extra for that when it comes to the scouring, but it's worth it um, because it's, you know, people who are using it for spinning and felting might as well have the best that's possible. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Many people are using rigid heddle looms as they're just getting started weaving or as they're, you, you know, have just a few projects under their belt. And I'm sh- curious if you have favorite books and resources or websites for people who are just getting started learning to weave on a rigid heddle loom. Uh, rigid heddle weaving has definitely become really, really popular, um, which is wonderful because, you know, the more people that's weaving, the better. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I agree. We'll make the world a better place. We'll make the better. We'll make the world a better place. One mm-hmm. loom at a time. <laughs> um, resources, yeah. There's loads of resources out there. Um, really, I mean, we, obviously, we have a, a great rigid heddle book, but there is lots of wonderful books out there. There's lots of great YouTube tutorials and things. Um, There's also really great groups like join a group on Facebook or something like that where people are really, really helpful and kind and generous with their information. So if you are starting out, um, you know, just just join in and ask questions and stuff. People are, are surprisingly happy and willing to um, share and teach and it's it's good. I'm starting to hear more and more from weavers who are curious about getting started with spinning so that they can weave with their hand spun yarn and I'm curious what kind of spinning equipment whether a wheel or a spindle that you would recommend that people start with if they're especially looking to spin yarn for weaving. Well, of course, you can weave with any yarn. That's the other awesome thing, um, particularly with the rigid heddle looms, is you can seriously use any yarn. It doesn't have to be any specific type of yarn. You can weave with any and every yarn, including your hand spun. And there is just something really, really special about um, spinning, you know, preparing, like, especially if you're doing it right from the start. So you're preparing the fibre and you're spinning it and, weaving it and you know making a garment or a finished project it's 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 pretty cool it's super cool actually so spinning um a spinning wheel 
well, all the spinning wheels will do exactly the same thing. It's a person who spins <laughs> a yarn. <laughs> so my my advice is <laughs> you go to your local dealer and you try out all of the wheels and you find the one that you love, the one that you simply must have, the one that you just gel with and go with that. And it might not be the same one for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> do you recommend people start with with drop spindles or with spinning wheels? Ah, jump right in and get a spinning wheel. <laughs> yeah, that's how I learned to spin too. And it was kind of head um, over heels. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, a lot of people do start on spindles, but um, yeah, yeah. If, if you can spin on a spindle, you should, you know, you'll easily go to a wheel. But then again, why not start on a wheel? Definitely try one out. You know, go go to your local spinners guild or your local shop. Try one out, um, and yeah, yeah, you'll just tumble right down that That's rabbit for hole for sure. <laughs> yeah. What are you? What are you spinning, most excited to be spinning and weaving these days? Like, what's on your loom, or what's going to be on your loom soon? Uh, what's going to be on my jack loom is going to be mm. some towels, um, so some spa towels or bath towels, whichever you want to call them. Um, I'm spinning right at the moment. I'm spinning a gorgeous hand-dyed blend of uh, baby camel, 50% baby camel and 50% silk that I happened to get when I was in France for a show. And had to do a wee bit of retail Whoopsie. shopping myself. Whoops. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, no, there's always uh, – I always have way more projects in my head than I have time for, but it's all good. It's all good. So you source all of your wood from sustainably managed forests certified by the Forest Stewardship Council, and I am wondering if you can talk about why sourcing from sustainably managed forests is so important to Ashford and how long that's been part of your story. Um, so, yeah, we do definitely source all of our timber, which is a native New Zealand silver beech, is, is the majority of the products are made out of that, and we source that from uh, um, sustainably managed forests here in New Zealand. And it is really important because we actually want to leave, you know, the, the smallest footprint that we possibly can on this world. Um, part of our philosophy in, in all areas is, is to make the product that will leave the smallest footprint, um, but also that are ecologically sustainable. So um, we, yeah, I mean, it's just part of who we are and it's really important to us. And I'm sure our customers, you know, it would be important to our customers as well. So. Can you talk a little bit about what it, what mean, what it means that it's sustainably managed and um, how those forests are taken care of and what kind of wood you're using? So the timber that we use is Southland Silver Beach. So it's a native New Zealand hardwood. Um, and those, the um, forests that we buy it from or the mills that we buy it from, from have to manage the forests so that they are constantly, whatever they take out, they're replacing so it's 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 very strict and it's managed very very um, you know tightly. <laughs> so it's the best possible option that we have got um, 
you know, like we, we know that they're following through um, and that we're, what's being used is being replaced and it's all been managed in a way that it's not going to upset things. That's great. And what is on the horizon for Ashford that you could share? Is there anything Ooh. exciting in the works that you want to give a sneak peek about? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, there's always lots of exciting stuff going on here. Um, there is. There's always exciting stuff. But uh, probably can't reveal too much. Um, <laughs> we do. Richard is obviously with James and David coming into the company now, um, the third generation. The Richard is now, you know, stepping back from the day-to-day and he has lots of time to be concentrating on R&D. So that means that we, uh, you know, can look forward to lots of new products coming out. And just when you think you've got everything you need, we will bring out another product that, yes, you will need that too. <laughs> so I can't tell you anything more than that. Okay, fair enough. Where can people go to learn more about Ashford online and on social media? Um, you can go to our website. So that's just ashford.co.nz. Uh, we've got loads of info on there. We have all our tutorials and stuff on there as well. Um, social media, you can find us on Facebook, you can find us on Instagram. Um, you can also go to your local Ashford dealer uh, or, you know, people can contact you because you are an Ashford mm-hmm. dealer <laughs> um, to get help and advice, um, recommendations, etc. So, yeah, talk talk to your local dealer. Um, and, yeah, basically you can find us on most of the normal places. Uh, another thing that uh, people may not know about is the Wheel magazine. So that's a annual magazine that we've been putting out for the past, well, this year's issue is going to be issue 31, so 31 years. We do one issue a year. Um, all of our products come with a copy of the Wheel magazine. All of our main products, like wheels and looms and everything, can include a newsprint copy of our magazine. But people can also subscribe to that magazine and get the fancy glossy one posted out to them once a year. And also make some part of the Ashford Club. So that's our online club that people can get access to. And there's loads of resources and patterns and back issues of magazines and competitions for Wheel Magazine subscribers only and things like that. That's great. And you also have on your website, you have really helpful videos. I think they're probably also on YouTube about warping looms and getting started and um, just really clear instructions. So... I always encourage people to check those out too. Well, I think it's, it's maybe takes away some of the um, scariness of it all. If you can see someone yes. doing it and you realize that, hey, oh my goodness, that's like really easy. I can do that too. So that's what I wanted people to see that, yeah, it's easy. You can do it. <laughs> Absolutely. And do you have any parting advice or words of wisdom to share with weavers out there? Oh, I have no words of wisdom. <laughs> Um, yes, I do. I do. Um, so I've been lucky enough in, in my job and in, in the last 16 years that I have um, I have been taught and I've been mentored by, you know, some extremely knowledgeable and talented and amazing people all around the world. Um, and I was extremely grateful, 
you know, anytime anyone teaches me something, it's just like, you know, you're very, very grateful. So if, if you have the opportunity to pass on, you know, your knowledge or to teach someone to weave, then do it, please, or inspire someone. And the same goes, you know, other weavers are out there and they'll be happy to share their information and their advice with you. So find all the weavers in your community. Love it. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to share your own journey and the story of Ashford and this advice. I really appreciate it, Kate. Thank you. It was uh, pretty exciting to be here with you. That's a wrap. If you'd like to see photos of Ashford's factory and Ashford looms, or if you're interested in buying yourself a loom, head on over to the show notes at www.gistyarn.com slash episode hyphen 53. That's G-I-S-T-Y-A-R-N dot com. And if you have any questions about which loom to buy, I'd love to talk and help you out. Just send me an email at Sarah with an H at gistyarn.com. Next week on the podcast, LaShawn is speaking with Donna Hardy of Sea Island Indigo. Donna Hardy is a natural dyer and farmer located on Osabo Island on the coast of Georgia. She, along with an accompanying farm, are cultivating tropical indigo that originates from over 250 years ago. So stay tuned for that fascinating episode, and until next time, happy weaving! Happy weaving!